You're listening to The Corbett Report. CorbettReport.com This is a message to the future. A digital message in a bottle cast out on the binary waves of ones and zeros out into that digital eternity on the other side of which I know not what lies there. I know not who is looking at this right now or listening to my voice. But if you are, I guess it means that we've lost. Those of us who are concerned about freedom. I wonder if you even know what that word means. I mean, truly means. Not what you've been taught that it means, if you've been taught anything of the sort. But what it truly means to be a free, independent human being. I don't have a digital crystal ball, I can't see into the future, and I don't know anything about your time, your place, who you are, where you come from. But the writing is on the wall for us in our day and age, and God knows there's been enough templates of the dystopian future for us to at least contemplate the broad outlines of the time that you're living in. In our day and age, the templates would be known and talked about by many, if not well understood by any. We talk of 1984, of George Orwell, or of Aldous Huxley in Brave New World, the boots stamping on the human face forever, or amusing ourselves to death with our version of Soma. But I wonder how close to the mark those visions really come. And I wonder if that's what I'm really concerned about after all. Maybe I'm biased being Canadian. Oh, maybe I should explain that. Canada, it's a region, a geographical region, but it's also a political entity in our day and age. It's a a nation state. I don't know if you have those anymore. I doubt you do, but nation states are arbitrary lines on a map, but sometimes for historical or geographical reasons, partitioned off and with their own systems of of government and their own ways of doing things. We call it culture. I don't know what type of global environment you're living in in that future age of yours, but I can imagine that these nation states don't exist any longer. I can imagine that Individual identities of all sorts have been subsumed into the great collective, so I'm not sure what you call Canada anymore. Perhaps just part of North America, or I don't know, the Western Hemisphere. Who knows what ways that you divide up your world, but in our day and age we have nation-states, and I come from one called Canada. I'm sitting in one called Japan. It's an island nation off the coast of Asia. Who knows? how it exists in your day and age. But in my day and age, I come from Canada. And because I'm Canadian, perhaps I'm biased by some of the Canadian dystopian fictions that I've read in my youth. From Margaret Atwood, thinking about The Handmaid's Tale or Oryx and Crake. Nightmare visions of a future society where technology has not worked to our favor, but to our detriment. And once again, if you're watching this, perhaps you know exactly what I'm talking about, even if you can't articulate it. 
in The Handmaid's Tale, people are, for the most part, no longer able to breed. There are only a select few who are able to actually conceive, and these, uh, these w few women who are still able to bear children are basically treated as cattle for humanity's sake. In order to continue the population, they must be used and impregnated by, of course, the priestly class that deigns to rule over any age, any time. They might go by different names and different garbs, but they always exist, and I presume they exist in your society, if you even know that they exist. But in that Handmaid's Tale, there's the very real problem for a society that comes to the edge of complete obliteration by its inability to breed anymore. This is already happening in our day and age. It's already becoming a reality. The anti-androgens that are polluting our environment are already starting to have their effect. There are fish species that are already becoming androgynous and the male members of the species are dying out. And it's the same in our day and age, the same with our human male population. We're becoming less and less fertile. Sterilization is continuing apace through the estrogen-mimicking anti-androgen endocrine-disrupting chemicals that are polluting our environment. And there's every sign that it's going to continue apace. Here's the hardest part for you to believe in your day and age, is that this has been on the books for decades, literally in the books. There were books written by the descendants of Charles Darwin, Charles Galton Darwin, Charles Darwin Galton. I can never remember because they're just one big incestuous family. He wrote a book called The Next Million Years in which he, he, he deigned to predict the next million years of human future because humans are humans and they won't change until they evolve. And that won't take, uh, that, that'll take another million years. But if it can be altered or tinkered or tampered with. If people can go in there and start changing the genome of the species, then real change can happen in much less than a million years. And that was what this Galton Darwin was lusting after. And he wrote about how they were going to use chemicals and other methods to get rid of the upstart males of the youth of his day and age and of my day and age to make sure that, that they weren't going to be able to pose a sincere threat, a true threat to the power structure that exists in our society. And here's the biggest irony, not one in a hundred in our day and age could tell you anything about that power structure, the way it functions. Despite the fact that it is all out there in books like The Next Million Years and all those other books that have been written, even those books that have been disguised as fiction by people like Atwood and Huxley and Orwell, they weren't fiction. They were based on what is really happening today. Minority Report is another one that is becoming too much a very real part of our day-to-day -day life. Being able to predict the future with technologies and then to incarcerate people for crimes that they haven't committed. Unfortunately, that's becoming just more and more part of our everyday mundane reality. And it might be such 
an absolute integral part of the fabric of your reality in your day and age that perhaps you don't even know what it means not to have the concept of pre-crime. Perhaps you don't know what it was to live in an age before the hysteria over the war on terror made everybody into a suspect. And I don't know what ruling paradigm you're living in, what the particular ruling fantasy narrative of your day and age is being used to control all of you, but whether it be the terrorist boogeyman scare or maybe a bioterror threat from some shadowy group that releases bioweapons from time to time and no one really knows who they are or what their aim is, but they're trotted out in front of you as the people to give your two minutes hate to every now and then as the next bioweapon attack ravages your peoples. Or maybe it's something altogether different. Maybe the geoengineering has taken hold and the weather modification has come to the point where your entire globe is being ravaged by the types of climactic events that we could only dimly imagine in our day and age, but which have already been foretold by the the fortune tellers of our day and age, the the climate hysterics talking about man-made global warming. And maybe that has been the dominant paradigm that's taken over, and you, in your day and age, blame yourselves and your progeny, and myself and your forefathers for what has come before and what is to come. I don't know how they've managed to do it, but I'm sure that they have managed to make everyone either the enemy or a potential enemy. And unfortunately, we already have hints in this time of what it will be like to live in that time. A time in which the technology enables the tracking, surveillance, and control of everyone in the world. Well, I'm not here to talk about your day and age, your time, or what particular dystopian nightmare you're living through. You're already far too familiar with all of that. I'm here to tell you what it was like in our time. This message in a bottle is a, it's a time capsule of a bygone age that hopefully to you seems naive and perhaps you don't blame us for what the world has become because none of us really knew. But I'm here to say that some of us did know, and we did know what was coming. We did our best. We were the people bearing witness in our day and age to what was coming and doing our best to avert whatever you're living through right now. Maybe our voices were too few. Maybe they weren't loud enough. Whatever the case may be, I feel sorry for you, who, for all I know, could be my progeny. Out in some distant future time, And it all started off so innocently, as all such things do. We're led along into the most grotesque, the most horrific nightmare futures because people believe in their innocuousness, in their greatness even. It's always sold to us as something wonderful, something sexy, something you want to be a part of. No one ever comes and sells a tyranny as a tyranny. No one comes and says, I'm going to take over the world and I'm going to rule it with an iron fist and you're all going to bow down and worship me. And they do. Of course not. The rulers of our day and age have long since learnt from the mistakes of past days and ages of kings and queens and lords living in their castles up on the hill. 
It's too easy. It's too identifiable. Everyone can point to that castle on the hill and say that's where the power lies. But think about in our day, there's no slavery. No one is physically forced, held down and forced to do labor for another. No one owns anyone else in the sense of outright chattel property. No, no, no. Everything is done above board and in a dry clinical fashion. And, and it just seems such a natural part of the world that we're living in that who would ever think to even question it? So that a child can literally be born into a nation state as we know them owing part of the debt of that nation-state, the unfunded liabilities that have been signed onto by the will of the taxpayers in our democratic system, so that every newborn child is born into this world saddled in the debt of the, 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 the debts and the fortunes that we have made them privy to, we have put onto their shoulders. We're not we, but that is the way that we have been sold this mass psychology, that we are part of this system because we live in this democratic age where we choose the rulers, so anything that the governments do must have come from us and we must be responsible for it. And thus, very few are willing to even challenge that system because it's like challenging yourself. This is part of the identity that we've been inculcated with and that unfortunately keeps us locked into these mental prisons whereby we never even seek to challenge the power structures as they exist. But as I say, every child in this world being born into the mountains of debt that have been saddled onto them by the generations that have come before, and living in debt servitude, indentured debt servitude, with these debts that these abstract government entities have signed them onto, being collateralized, being backed up by, literally, by the promise of the future labor of these newborn babies. These tax slaves born onto the tax plantation to work in the current day and age, the, the digital 21st century form of slave labor. It's not slavery. You get to pick what profession you work in. Of course, the government will come along and take half of what you earn, but still, you get to pick what you do, so... It's all right. It's not servitude. It's not slavery. These are the uh, dominant paradigms of our day and age. But within this system, we can be sold on the tyranny that you, unfortunately, must be experiencing right now. That, again, start off so small. It's just the littlest of things that have the greatest of consequences, isn't it? And in that future age, I wonder what you make of our little trinkets that we were given. Little things to distract us. The 21st century equivalent of the Roman Colosseum, the games that will keep the populace distracted and to stop them from really ever confronting the power structure. We have these little slave devices in our pockets. They keep us connected to the grid. The grid that may or may not be woven into the very fabric of your genome, your DNA, who knows what type of Borg monstrosity might be living in that future age of yours, jacked into the matrix through whatever brain chip or neurofrontal cortex interface may be trotted out in the future to wire you straight directly into this matrix. But we weren't wired into it. No one forced us to take these. In fact, 
if I had to wager on what was likely to come and what you're actually living through, I would say probably no one ever does get forced into doing this. I bet you people take it willingly. The brain chips and the other devices that will eventually wire and jack everyone straight directly into that matrix and to completely subsume whatever was left of individuality on this planet. But it starts off with just little things like this. It's just a, a sexy little toy for people to play with. A, a great little device. Wow, imagine this. You can check your email and make a phone call and take a picture and update your Facebook status and God knows what else people do on these things. And they take it willingly. They pay for it. They pay corporations to participate in their own tracking and surveillance and databasing and categorizing and analyzing and putting our information into the sentient world simulation and who knows what else they have behind the scenes that we don't know about that they're using to form the matrix that you live in in your day. And that's the real secret. That's the secret to the psychology that they've figured out. It's not the person living up on the castle in the hill. It's the person in the uh, three-piece suit, the, the $2,000 Armani suit or whatever the equivalent currency might be where you are who comes to at you not with the jackbooted thugs, that's always in the background, and that's for the people who won't fall into line. But for those who are willing to fall into line, all it takes is a flashy smile and a cool device, and uh, come on, everyone's doing it. It's so cool. Why wouldn't you do this? And with that, we have been led along by the nose into tyranny. But I don't want to just dwell on that as I say, you know all too well the tyranny of the age that you're living in. I want to tell you about what it is that we in our age have been seeking to preserve. Against all odds, perhaps, and if you are watching this, then perhaps we have lost. But at the very least, there were those of us in our day and age who were bearing witness to all of this. Who were seeking something greater than what we're becoming and who believe that humanity is not a cancer on this earth, is not something to be eradicated, but is something that truly can transcend itself, can go off into the stars and populate the heavens, and spread out not like a cancer, but as something good and healthy and flourishing, thriving. That used to be such a, a wonderful word, a good word, something that meant something wholesome and something good. Now it's looked upon as something aberrant. Oh, only cancers will, will populate themselves and will seek to take over the environment and seek to assert themselves in the area they're living in. They must be eradicated. Well, there are those of us who understood that that's not the real paradigm. The real paradigm is free, independent human beings coming together of their own free will to propagate themselves into the future and to populate that future with a free and independent society that will be able to work together and that will be able to overcome the obstacles. Whatever obstacles might be facing us, whatever problems might be staring down at us, knowing that we together would be able to combat it just as easily as we can throw resources together to go and invade foreign countries or to go and oppress and subjugate third world populations. We could throw as much energy into populating this world with 
free and independent people who can work in ways that will transform this world for the better. There are good things in this world, there still are, and maybe even where you are, however you're listening to me right now, there are in your age as well. There are children, there are trees, there are beautiful lakes and rivers and streams, there are people going about their day-to-day business, and it is a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing to see a smiling, happy, healthy family going out for a walk and enjoying this beautiful earth that we're living on. And that's what it is that we've been striving for in our day and age. And maybe it wasn't enough, but there have to be, there always have to be those seeking and striving towards something better. And it is only when we give up on that quest that we have truly lost. It is only when we have given into that propaganda and bought into that system whereby we are the cancers on this planet and that the only good thing that we can do is just die and, and voluntarily breed ourselves out of, extinct, out of existence. Only then can we eradicate ourselves from this planet and everything can go back to beautiful nature. No, I think we have to understand that that is just a psyop that's been played on us. And many of us do understand that. So this is me here in August of 2012 bearing witness to the fact that there were people striving in this day and age to avoid the future that you may be living in right now. But perhaps I assume too much. Perhaps I assume you can even understand the words that I'm saying. It's already started, even in our day and age, the great dumbing down, not in the abstract and not in some sense of an elder generation railing at the follies of the youth, as has happened in every generation since the dawn of humanity, but in the very real sense of a diminution of our ability to cognitively interpret, analyze, understand, and express the world that we're living in. A deliberate attempt to keep us at the lowest common denominator and to move that bar continually downward. Of course it boils down to our ability to even express the, the thoughts that we're having in language. That's why right now, even as I speak to you, the English language is being contracted by the day into new speak, basically. 1984 again. These text phrase shorthands and the contraction of the language into trite slogans, catchphrases, keywords that only ever glance across the surface like a stone skipping on water, never penetrating, never having depth, never having weight, never understanding what it is to have nuance. Well, There still is beautiful language in our day and age, but it is disappearing. People's ability to understand it, to appreciate it, is disappearing. And who knows in your day and age if you can even understand these words, if these words even have the meaning that I think that they have. What does it mean to be free? What does it mean to be independent? What does slavery mean? What does terrorism mean? What does humanity as a cancer on this planet mean? What does it mean if it is just the reality that you're steeped in? And all you have is catchphrases and slogans to work from. 
by slogans we shall rule them. That's been the dictum of dictators for centuries. And it's so effective, isn't it? Why construct a, a promise for someone based on what they're going to do and how they're going to do it and elaborating and getting into details and explaining how they can actually achieve what they're trying to do? Why not just use a word? Why not just use hope, change, forward? With words like this, entire political dynasties rise and fall in this political paradigm. Oh, it's not the real political paradigm, of course. It's the one that's dangled out in front of us for us to be amused at or to be entertained by, to be distracted by, to fight over, to get at each other's throats. But it's not the power structure that exists. And the funny thing is, not, a, not one in ten people that you actually talk to, even in this day and age, even in this time of mass propaganda and brainwashing, not one in ten of people that you actually talk to will truly believe that the political world that we're, we're fed on a daily basis is truly the basis of the power structure of our society. And whether they come from the left or the right sides of the political spectrum, everyone knows that the power lies elsewhere. And whether they choose to express that by calling them the 1% or the ruling elite or the establishment or the people in the three-piece suits who meet in the boardrooms and decide what's really happening. Everyone knows that the real political decisions are not being made by the smiling, telegenic teleprompter readers who we vote for in the electronic voting machine black box paradigm where people go in and push a button and truly believe that they're actually electing someone to lead their country? No. No one I talk to really believes that anyway, and all it takes is just a conversation that's, uh, that's distracted and unhooked from that matrix to get people to understand that they don't even believe it themselves. But we can get ourselves so invested with our identity in that system, we can get so much into that game, that horse race, that left versus right, the blue versus red, our team versus your team, that we can be so distracted from what really matters that we can actually start to convince ourselves that that's really what matters at the end of the day. But unhook people from that, and at base, they're still human beings, and they still are smart enough to see through that charade and see that there are things taking place in this world that are much, much different than what we've been presented with. And that power, just by its very nature, tends to coalesce in the hands of fewer and fewer people. And those fewer and fewer people use that power to leverage their power into even greater power. This is not, this is not something that takes even a child very long to understand. That power begets power. And that power coalesces. And that unless people make sure that those power centers don't exist, that they will always continue to coalesce and to form smaller and smaller cliques that have greater and greater control, even as they recede further and further behind the scenes so that in this day and age, who can even name the names of the people at the very top of that pyramid? Only people who are in that top of the power pyramid or liars and char charlatans who claim to be able to see that far up the ladder. 
But at any rate, everyone knows that the power structure exists. Everyone knows that the all-seeing eye is there watching us. And the worst part is that people give themselves over to that. They'll literally buy into the technology that enables that all-seeing eye to penetrate even deeper into the lives of everyday men and women. People will buy their goods from vast corporations that even if they're even if they know even if they're told and they see and they understand and they cogitate and they they truly internalize the the fact that these corporations that they're buying all of their goods from their their food and their clothing and their their media that they consume and everything is controlled by the same handful of corporations that are sitting on the boards of the Council on Foreign Relations and the Trilateral Commission and the Bilderberg Group and all of the other organizations that are ruling from behind the throne, even if people can be shown that they themselves are supporting those systems by literally buying into them, buying into the corporations and paying their money to the big Fortune 500s who are forming the enslavement grid, they will continue to go along with it. But again, I'm explaining things to you that probably don't need to be explained to you. You are living it. You know it. So what can I say for myself sitting here in this day and age to yourself, wherever you are, however you're watching this, assuming that you can watch this at all, assuming that this digital message in the bottle won't just sink into the bottom of the ocean, never to be dredged up by human hand ever again. Well... What can I say to you other than that we didn't all buy into it. We didn't all go along with it. We weren't all your enslavement overseers from a bygone age. We didn't all believe the lies ourselves that there was free humanity and that we were willing to question the world that we were living in. And I've said that if you're watching this, it must mean that we've lost, that you must be sitting there in that future dystopian age, living in whatever nightmare society comes to pass. But maybe that's not it after all. Maybe if you are sitting there watching this or listening to this or however it is that you're consuming this media, maybe that in itself means that we've won after all. Maybe it means that We've managed to propagate this, this independent media, this voice in the wilderness, out into that digital future. Maybe it means that it still exists out there somehow, and in some way you're still able to access it. That can only be for the good. And if you've listened this far, it must mean because you understand something of what I'm trying to say, even if they seem like the mutterings of an unhinged mind, at the very least you have the vocabulary to process what I'm saying and to understand what it is that I'm trying to show you here. That must mean that some, in some small way there must be something left of free humanity. And in that manner, in that form, in that regard, in some small way we have one because it is the spark of humanity, independence, the will to resist, the will to question, the will to cognitive liberty that is the true key to the future of humanity. Once that is extinguished, we lose. 
So in a way, the only way we lose is if this message is lost out there in the digital sea. Not this message, but the messages like it. The millions and millions of messages by more and more people that are being created each and every day, everywhere around this world of ours. Even at this precise second as I speak, in all four corners of the globe, there are people just like me that are bearing witness and testament to the world that could be, the world that should be, the world that still can be if you are listening to this, if you're processing these words and hearing my voice. As long as you still have the ability to think for yourself, you have the ability to change the future of the world. And that is something that I hope will never be extinguished.